Hello, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trainee Sharp. I am your host for the evening, as always. It's a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited to be back before you. Last week um, was Holy Week, and um, I didn't do a podcast. I was seeking God for some things and just took some time away. But I'm back, and we're going to continue with um, the series that God placed on my heart to begin, I think, um, almost a month ago in God's Love Language series, God's Love Languages series. Um, We're going to get into um, the continuation of that this evening. I pray that everybody enjoy their holy week, that, that you truly took the time to seek the face of God, to see what his direction is for um, this season that you're in and the seasons that are to come and that you had a wonderful Good Friday, that you had a wonderful Resurrection Sunday and just celebrating the um, the death, the burial and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I am excited um, to continue this evening. Welcome to everybody that's tuning in on Facebook Live and on Instagram and also to the listeners that will be listening um, the replay on the podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts as well, and more. So um, I'm thank you guys for supporting this podcast um, continually. So without further ado, let's get into um, a review, and we're going to get into um, tonight's topic, but let's say a word of prayer to invite the Holy Spirit in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, for just your presence, God, first and foremost, God. We just thank you, God, for who you are, who you continue to be in our lives. God, thank you, God, for allowing us, God, to have another day, God, to live, that, Father God, to, God, fulfill our God-given purpose, God, in spite of our imperfections, God. We thank you, God, for loving us, for showing us grace, Father God, for showing us your mercy in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way throughout this podcast, God, that you remove me out of the way, God, and that you would truly have your way, because I am just your humble vessel. It is a privilege and an honor to be used for your glory. So Holy Spirit, touch those that are listening. God, that they receive, God, a word from you, God, whatever it is they need, God, healing, deliverance to God, um, salvation, rededication, whatever it is that they need, God, let it, God, come from you. So Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, that you will be glorified, that you will be magnified. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you again for tuning in to the podcast. Um, to, uh, not tonight, but last time that we were together, about two weeks ago, we were continuing our uh, Love Languages series, and uh, we were talking about the, the subtopic of what is love. Um, and then we continued with... Um, we continued with the um, the subject of quality time, of quality time. And what God was just uh, sharing with me, one second while I um, get this situated here. What uh, God was sharing with me about quality time, because just, okay, let me go back. For those of you that is just tuning into this series and have not a clue of what's happening, what I'm talking about. So First and foremost, if you have not known about the love languages, Gary Chapman wrote a book called Love Language, the five love languages, which are, I'm going to put it here for you so you can see, five love languages are words of affirmation, touch, acts of service, gifts, and quality time. Words of affirmation, touch, 
acts of service, gifts, and quality time. And um, this is something that I looked into a, a while back. I mean, at least five years ago, just, you know, getting to know myself more and just knowing how you give. This is all about how you give and how you receive love how you give and how you receive love. And God was just placing on my heart just to reiterate that this this didn't just come from Gary Chapman. God gave Gary Chapman this information because God is the creator of all things. And God just wanted me to create, to um, not create, but to start this series so that we can get a better understanding of God's love, a better understanding of how God um, gives his love and how he expects us to return that love to him how he expects us to return that love to him. So these are the five love languages. And the last time that we were together, we went over, um, we went over the topic of quality time. We went over the topic of quality time. And my God, God was just sharing with us just the benefits of spending quality time with him, spending quality time with him. Number one, you get peace. You get peace when you spend quality time and quality time is simply is simply prayer, worship and reading the word of God, prayer, worship and reading the word of God. So when you do those three things, you receive peace from God. Number two, you will receive discernment. Discernment is the ability to decide between truth and error, knowing right from wrong. That is something that you um, receive when you first accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But of course, your level of discernment increases as you spend quality time with our Heavenly Father. Number three, knowing God's voice. You'll be able to decipher whether or not this is God speaking. There's three sources. God ourselves and the enemy. You'll be able to know specifically when God speaks because the word of God says, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And how do we know God's voice? By spending time with them. When we talk to our family members, when we talk to our friends, when we talk to our coworkers, and when we spend, the more time we spend around somebody, we begin to know their voice. And that even if I use the example of, say somebody called you, and yes, we all have, you know, we have caller ID on our cell phones, and some people still have landlines. But when say if we didn't have those things and we pick up the phone and answer it just because just when they speak we would we should know that person's voice based on the amount of time we spend with that person so that is the same thing as having quality time quality time with god the more time the more time we spend with god having a high standard with god a high standard that's what quality means high standard the more time we spend with him the more we will know his voice and the last one was God will give us the desires of our heart. He would give us the desires of our heart, those things. And, and what I love, and I used an example of Shan the Moore, he mentioned in one of his, um, one of his, uh, uh, videos that he did in, uh, ministering. And he said that when that, when that verse says that is that God tells us what to desire. God tells us what to desire. So it doesn't just come out of the clear blue sky. No, God tells us what to desire. God puts it on our heart of what to desire. And then in return, God blesses us with what he told us that he wanted us, wanted to give us. So sometimes we think that, oh, well, where did, where did that thought come from? Or why did I start wanting to start a business? Or why did I want to start uh, having a family? Or why did I want to start all of a sudden want to start a ministry? God put those desires on your heart. 
And when we spend quality time with him, he would give us those desires because now, because quality time produces, ooh, quality time produces trust, the trust that God has in us. The more time we spend with God, the more trust, trustworthy we will become to God. The more time we spend with God, the more trustworthy we become to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't say that the last time. But again, the more quality time we spend with God, the more trustworthy we become to God. So it's important that we spend quality time with the Heavenly Father. So those are some just some things. Hey, Laura. So those are just some of the things that I went over the last time. It was a couple of weeks ago when we um, last reconvened together. Um, so if you did not did not get a chance to see that particular podcast, you can go on I Am a Perfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page, and you can follow us on Instagram I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect, and you can listen to it on our various podcast platforms. So. I got the review out there and now I am excited to talk about tonight's word. And sorry if I was going going a little fast, but listen, that was just a little insight of what we talked about previously, just so we can get your feet wet so we can just move on. Cause this, this particular topic, I was like, wow, God, you are blowing my mind, literally. So tonight, 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 we are continuing this particular um, series and we're talking about just one touch because as I mentioned earlier, we talked about the five love languages, which are words of affirmation, quality time, touch. Um, Lord have mercy. I got it right here. Let me just put it on the screen again. I'm sitting here trying to guess it and I got the information before me. Words of affirmation, touch, acts of service, gifts, and quality time. Words of affirmation, touch, acts of service, gifts, and quality time. So tonight we're going to um, to um, touch one. <laughs> That's funny. Touch on the love language of touch. The love language of touch. And when I was in my study, God was like, "Okay, I need you to, I need you to uh, subtitle this as just one touch, just one touch." And Huh. Funny enough, we of course we just finished um finished Holy Week, right? And just learning about the the healings of Jesus, learning about when Jesus um came into um the city of um Jerusalem and how he was just a blessing um to the people and was just healing people left and right and you know just going across and he was going to Galilee and he was going to um Judea and he was going to all these different places and he was um performing miracle signs and wonders before them just to show them just the magnitude of um of the greatness of Jesus and it just huh that only that only must the Messiah can do those things. Yeah, you know, people can try to there are psychics out there that they try, you know, to use um huh, prophecy, but you know, that's because it's coming from a different source. So it's not saying that they don't have the ability, but it's coming. You have to watch the source that is coming from the source that is coming from. And Jesus needed to show the people that without me, these things are not possible. Because if they were possible, you would have been healed. If they were possible, you would have been received your uh, your hearing back. You would have been received your sight back. You would have been um, been healed from that issue of blood that the, that we're going to talk about later on. If those things were possible without Jesus, we would not need him. We would not need him. Healing of the mind, 
We would not need him. So what does touch me? Before I get too ahead of myself, I'm just excited about about this knowledge. Um, Touch, it means to treat or affect in some way by contact. In some way, in some way by contact. And what I love about this particular definition specifically, hey, Undeb, how are you? What I love about this um, definition specifically is because it's talking about in some way by contact. Because a lot of times we think about touch, we think about the touch of the hand, right? We think about the touch of the hand, but touch is not all, is not. Um, always center around touching somebody with your hand or touching somebody with your foot. There's different ways about being touching. And it's not always about physical touch, even though in Gary Chapman's um, version, he's talking about physical touch as being a love language. But we're going to see, and we're going to get into tonight, of ways that Jesus physically had touched some people and then ways that um, you can touch because we can't physically touch Jesus, right? There was a point in time when Jesus was here walking the earth and he was able to touch, reach out and touch the people and be able to lay hands on the sick, be able to cast out demonic spirits. He was able to touch the people physically. But when he, um, when he, Jesus left this earth and he was resurrected and he went and now he's sitting on the right hand of the father, he left the Holy Spirit with us. So no longer we're able to physically touch Jesus, but we're going to get into some ways that we can still touch him. May not be physically, but it's going to be spiritually. So we're going to get to some of those things. So just something to look forward to as we, as the stories and as this podcast unfolds. So touch is to treat or affect in some way by contact. Another definition I have for touch is it simply means reach, but I wanted to go a little deeper what reach means because it's like, okay, if you, we know we reach out and we like, okay, we use certain words, but do we really go into deep, um, deep, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Going to going deeper. There we go. The going deeper to understand what the word actually means. So reach means to succeed in touching or seizing with an outstretched hand. To succeed in touching or seizing with an outstretched hand. So that's the physical part, right? But then reach also means to establish communication with to establish communication with. So you have the physical and then you have the the unphysical. So you have touching and then also communication. So reach out to communicate with. And how do we communicate with, with God? Through prayer. Prayer is our communication with him. So this is how we receive a touch from God. This is how we touch the father. This is how we receive it. And this is how we give it. Because remember, we need to remember um, about this series. Love languages is about giving and receiving. This is not about just us just taking, taking, taking from God. No, God has, has established a particular series because he wants to show us how he's giving us his love. But he also want us, wants us to know this is what he desires and this is what he expects and requires to receive from us. If we desire to go to another level in God, if we desire to receive more from God, we have to return. We have to reciprocate the love that God shows us on a daily basis. We have to reciprocate the love that God shows us on a daily basis. 
to reach, to succeed in touching or seizing with an outstretched hand or to establish communication with. You can communicate, I mean, communicate through writing. You can communicate through um, to, to talking. You can communicate through sign. You can communicate with worship. You can communicate with praise. There's different ways of communication. So many different ways you can communicate. So let's let's get out of the box of thinking that communication is just about talking. No, and we're going to get into that a little bit later, but just to give you the groundwork of where God is leading us tonight. Oh, thank you, Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in tonight. All right, guys, so let's get into the meat of this thing. So examples of just one touch with Jesus. Because again, that is our subtext subtopic for this evening. Make sure I put this down here so that everybody that's you know tuning in later knows what we're talking about. So our subtopic tonight is just one touch. And as last week during Holy Week and just you know uh reading certain um devotionals and just you know reading about the miracles of Jesus and just you know um we did my church the river church we did it just did a production this past Sunday and just um sharing in, in such a creative way my sister uh Nikita Burden who directed this particular production um and just sharing just the miracles that Jesus performed in his days that his uh last three years on earth that once it was revealed who he was as the Messiah, just those wonderful things. And so um, when God gave me just one touch, I was like, wow, God, I see where you're leading. But even as it was unfolding, I was just like blown away by just even the, the other knowledge that he was sharing. So there's three different things, three different um, stories that I want to go over in talking about just one touch with Jesus. So we're going to get into um, how Jesus healed um, the daughter of Jairus. Then we're going to get into how Jesus healed the women with the issue of blood. And then we're going to get into how Jesus healed the two blind men. So let's go to um, Matthew. I'm going to read um, this particular um, passage of scripture. I'm going to read Matthew 9, 18 and go all the way down to uh, 31. And then I'm going to break it down for you guys, because these are like a series of healings. And then we're going to break it down. Matthew. Matthew chapter nine. And 18. In the um, Amplified version, and it says, while he was saying these things to them, a ruler synagogue official entered the house and kneeled down and worshipped him, saying, my daughter has just now died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and began to accompany the ruler with his disciples. Then a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the tassel fringe of his outer robe. For she had been saying to herself, if I only touch his outer robe, I will be healed. But Jesus turning and seeing her said, take courage, daughter, your personal trust and confident faith in me has made you well. And at once the woman was completely healed. 
when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players who were professional hired mourners and the grieving crowd making a making an uproar, he said, go away, for the girl is not dead, but is sleeping. And they laughed and jeered at him. But when the crowd had been sent outside, Jesus went in and took her by the hand and the girl got up. And the news about this spread throughout all the all that district. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, screaming loudly, have mercy and compassion on us, son of David, Messiah. When he went into the house, the blind men came up to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe with a deep abiding trust that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, your trust and confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows this. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout their whole district. So one of the things before we break it down is how each particular time that Jesus, that Jesus healed, um, he healed Jairus' daughter, he healed the woman with the issue of blood and healed the two blind men. He told them, do not share this. Do not share this information. Do not share this good news. But the thing is about this, they didn't listen. They went out and they shared the good news. They couldn't contain themselves. Could you imagine something that you've been waiting years for? Could you imagine waiting 12 years like the women at the issue of blood and even, you know, just waiting even years, maybe 30 years, waiting for something for so long. And then you finally receive that blessing. You finally receive that miracle. You finally receive that, that sign that you've been waiting for. And then for Jesus to say, don't share this information. Don't let nobody know what I'm doing in your life. Don't let nobody know what, what I'm about to do. Don't let nobody know how I bless you. Don't know, let nobody know about the inheritance that you have received. Would you be able to contain yourself? Would you be able to keep that secret? Would you be able to withhold that information? Or would you shout across across the mountaintops to the world to let let the world know about about what Jesus did for you? I know for me that would be extremely hard to hold that information. It's like Jesus, like what do you mean? Why can't I tell anybody? Why can't I let the world know about your goodness? My God. <laughs> It's like, why? Why, Lord? Why are you telling me to hold this information back? Why did God, thank you, Holy Spirit, and this God is revealing to him, right? Why did God, why did Jesus tell them not to hold it to, to not share this news? Because it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time yet. Jesus was doing certain things for certain people so that he can reveal himself to them. So that he can reveal himself to them specifically. But, and in due time, Jesus is going, people were going to know about him as he traveled. As he traveled. So Jesus like, listen, I didn't do this. 
Jesus didn't do it for the sake of the news being spread, for the sake of everything being spread on social media. He didn't do it for that. He did it for them. It was personal. He did it because it was personal for them. They specifically reached out to Jesus. He did it personally for them. But yet and still, that's why Jesus said, do not share. See that no one knows this. Each time he said, see that no one knows this. Because Jesus was not about popularity. Jesus was not about trying to get all this praise on about him, even though Jesus is the son of God and he is God because he is one part of the, uh, the Holy Trinity. But Jesus is like, this is not about me. It's not about me in this moment. This is about you receiving a touch from me because of your faith, because of your resilience, because of your trust in me. This is about a touch. You receiving that one touch. This is not about everybody else knowing your business right now. In due time, all will be revealed to them. This is why Jesus said, don't tell everybody. But that was just a side note because I was like, Jesus, why, why did you tell them not to share the great news? Why wouldn't you not want anybody else to know? Because he didn't care about that. That also showed the fact that Jesus was humble, the fact that Jesus was selfless, the fact that Jesus cared specifically and that he had such a, a undying love and unconditional love for his children that he didn't care if the world knew, even if he just touched one person. That's all that mattered to him in that moment. That's all that mattered. Even if he just touched one person, that's all he cared about. My God, what a wonderful savior. What a wonderful savior. Yes, Lord, in God's timing, all will be revealed. So we need to keep, we need to keep that, that note that even, even in a season where God may be doing some things behind the scenes for you. God may be, you know, healing your body. God may be, you know, opening doors and setting things in place. And, and you might be having business meetings with people. Then you, you want to share the information, but God is saying, no, not right now. Because you don't want to mess anything up. You do not want to mess anything up. You don't know. You don't know what God, you know, where, why God is doing it. But if God tells you to wait. If God tells you to not say anything in that moment, then you got to shut up. You got to be quiet. Because you might mess something up because everybody not going to be happy for you. And we about to see that in a second. Everybody is not going to be happy for you. Everybody's not going to understand why God is blessing you and God hasn't did anything for them. God, everybody's not going to understand why, why they've been waiting for is just as long as you. And yet, and still, they're still waiting for the same thing as you are. And they still have not received their blessing. They still have not received their healing. They still have not been revealed. Their, their mate has still not been revealed to them. Everybody's not going to understand that. So this is why God, this is why God is telling us to wait. This is why God is telling us to reveal it in his timing. Hi, Lavelle, how are you? This is why God is telling um, us to reveal it in his timing. My God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. So let's break this thing down. Those three different people. Let's go back to, to Jairus. Jairus. And this time I want to go to Luke because Luke, Matthew, it gives you more of, um, because in the, the Gospels of the Bible, that's uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all pretty much share the same story. 
However, there are different parts that each one touches on and some 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 touch more on it in more detail. Matthew is more of the the historical. They give you more of the background. So this is why in Matthew they didn't even mention Jairus name in Matthew. They just said the um the synagogue's officials. The synagogue's officials. So, but in Luke they go in more detail. So go in Luke. Let's go to um Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter eight, verse 40 through 42. Um, and then it's, uh, so it breaks it down because remember these all are happening. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Synonymously, there we go. These are all are happening synonymously at the same time. Because, oh my God, let me not get in myself. But Luke eight, verse 40. Because this is along the way. So in verse 40, the Amplified Version, it says, Now as Jesus was returning to Galilee, the people welcomed him, for they all, they, excuse my neighbors, Lord have mercy. Um, now as Jesus was returning to Galilee, the people welcomed him, for they had all been expecting him. Now a man named Jairus, a synagogue official, came to him, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began begging him to come to his house for he had only one daughter he had only daughter about 12 years old and she was dying but as jesus went the people were crowding against him almost crushing him my god so this was the this is the beginning of this particular um passage and then we're going to continue um, to the next part. But just know that that this particular Jairus, um, Jesus was on the way to Jairus' house. Jesus was on the way to Jairus' house, and he got interrupted on the way there by the woman of issue of, of issue of blood, which you're going to get back to. But just know this is why we had to skip from 42 and go down to 49 for this particular thing. So later on. After Jesus had already touched the women of his of blood, in 49, it says, while he was still speaking, someone from the synagogue official's house came and said to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Do not inconvenience the teacher any further. But Jesus, hearing this, answered him, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe and trust in me and have faith in my ability to do this. And she will be made well. When he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the girl's father and mother. Now they were all weeping loudly and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep for she is not dead, but is sleeping. Then they began laughing scornfully at him and ridiculing him, knowing without any doubt that she was dead. But Jesus took hold of her hand and spoke, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up immediately, and he ordered that she be given something to eat. My God. So let's back up a little bit. First and foremost, we know Going back to the, um to 40, we know that Jairus went to Jesus. He came to Jesus and he fell at Jesus' Jesus' feet. 
he fell at Jesus' feet and he was begging him. So this tells us what? That Jairus was desperate. That Jairus was desperate. And we're going to see, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to see the connection of these particular, um, these three people. That uh, Well, actually, technically four because the two blind men. But we want to see the connection between these three stories, rather, is that Jairus was desperate. He fell at Jesus' feet. He fell at Jesus' feet and he was begging him. He said, Jesus, please, please come to my house. My daughter is dying. My daughter is dying. And he said, let me go back. Let me go back. He said, Jesus went. So he fell at his feet. He was begging him to come because he knew that if Jesus just came, if Jesus just came to his house, that his daughter will be healed. So Jairus was not only desperate, but he had faith. What is faith? Let's go to um, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1, in the Amplified Version, it says, Now faith is assurance, title, deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Sight, hearing, smell, taste, touch, physical senses goes beyond our physical senses and things that we cannot see another version says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen that's the king james version so to have faith to be desperate jairus was desperate let's go back to luke luke chapter um, 840 jairus was desperate and he had faith. He said, Jesus, if you come to my house, I know that my daughter would be healed. I know that she would be healed. Jairus had faith. That even though, even though Jesus was not that yet there yet, he said, Jesus, come. I'm believing. I know without a shadow of doubt that it will be done. So then going further, but going down to 49. When that person, when the woman, not woman, but um, when a person came out and said and told Jairus, he said that your daughter is dead. Do not inconvenience the teacher any further. This is the thing. You don't need no naysayers around you. You don't need nobody that's going to be doubtful. You don't need nobody that's going to be like, listen, why do you believe in God for that? Is you've been leaving with God for 10 years now? You still you still holding on to that? You still holding on to that dream? You still holding on to that promise? You don't need no naysayers around you. You don't need no naysayers. You don't need nobody to be like, listen, leave his the person was like, leave the teacher alone. Your daughter's dead. Leave him alone. You might as well stop asking him. You might as well stop praying. You might as well stop believing. You might as well stop, you know, uh, going to God and praising and worshiping. You might as well stop reading the word of God. You might as well stop going to church. You might as well stop holding on. Stop holding on to the dream because why is the third? You might as well stop. Why? Because your daughter is dead. That dream is dead. That, that belief is dead. That prayer that you've been praying for years is dead. 
But listen to what Jesus said again. Jesus said, he answered him, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe and trust in me and have faith in my ability to do this. And she will be made well. So Jesus had to reassure Jairus, listen, you came to me with desperation and faith. You came to me hitting the knee, hitting your knees and hitting your face and hitting your feet. And you begging me to travel and travel along the way so that I can make sure that your daughter is healed. Now that the naysayer comes out here, now that somebody who has doubt, now that somebody has little faith or no faith at all comes to you and says that your dream is dead, that while you still believe in, and now you're, don't know, don't listen to them. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Why? Why did you come to me? What did you need me for? Stay focused on that. Hold on to that promise. Hold on to that prayer. If it has not been manifested yet, then why are you letting it go? Why are you letting it go? He said, and she will be made well. My God, listen, sis. This, I, this thing is just like crazy. Crazy thing. So then later on, because Jesus had to sell it, let him know again. Then he said, when he says in 51, it says, when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter, John, and James and the girl's father and mother. Listen, you got to make sure you got to have the right people around you. When you're in a season of waiting, when you're in a season of believing God, when you're in a season of having faith, you got to have those prayer warriors around you. You got to have those right, those right of a company um, that's around you. You got to have the right people. You can't even have all of your family members around you. You can't even have all of your loved ones around you because everybody's not going to understand why you're holding on. Everybody's not going to understand why you've been waiting, why you continue to hold on to this faith. You can't have everybody around you. So Jesus made sure he has particular Peter, James, and John were those three that he always had around him when it came to the real important things. Those were the three that he carried around him. Those are the three that he that he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, even though they fell asleep. But that's a whole nother story. Those are the three that he traveled with. Yes, there were 12 disciples, but those are the ones that he trusted. Those are the ones that, that he called friends. And then he said his and then allowed the mother and the father. So it was only five in there. And why? Because, my God, it was just people around. He's like, listen, you need all those people around you. 52 says, now they were all weeping. These The mourners were in there. Remember, the mourners were already in there already. During that time, they, they it was professional mourners that come in there and just cry and weep when, when, when somebody um, dies. So they were already in there. So it says, 52, it says, now they were all weeping loudly and mourning for her. But he said, Jesus said, do not weep for she is not dead, but is sleeping. My God. So Jesus had to reassure the parents, Jairus and his um, and the mother that, listen, just because it appears that she's dead, just because it appears that I had not heard your prayers, just because it appears that it seems like it's not going to happen. Listen. 
It's not dead. It's sleeping. It's not dead. It's on hold. It's not dead, but it is delayed. It's not dead. It's still coming. Allow me to do what I'm doing. Allow me to do and work the work the, the miracle. Allow me to, to do what I'm going to do and just believe and hold on. Hold on. Just because you don't see it being manifested does not mean that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Does not mean that it's not going to come to pass. Does not mean that. You got to hold on. Just because you get a, a rejection, just because you get a door slammed in your face, just because somebody says no, does not mean that God is not going to stay truthful to his promises. He said it's not dead, it's sleeping. He said it's not dead, it's just on delay. It's just on hold until it's time for it to be revealed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, my God. And then in 53, it says, then they began laughing. See those mourners. How do you go from crying, crying to laughing? Let's let's pause, pause for the cause. High professional mourners who got paid to cry. I mean, they was crying, falling out. Like doing the most, doing the most because it was appeared that Jairus' daughter was dead. So they was crying, sobbing, snotting at the nose and foam coming out the mouth and all of that stuff. So how you go from doing that one moment and then when Jesus said, do not weep for she is not dead, but is sleeping. You go from that to now those same people. Those same people went from crying sorrowfully. Then they went to, it says, then in 53, it says, then they began laughing, laughing scornfully at him and ridiculing him, knowing without any doubt that she was dead. <laughs> My God. I mean, this word is so dope. It's ridiculous. Yes, sis, whole spirit, whole spirits. How? How is that possible? How can you just like stop up your tears and just start laughing hysterically? My God. And then huh, they said, knowing without any doubt that she was dead, they were convinced because why they were looking at things through their physical eyes. They were looking at things through their physical eyes instead of instead of looking at things spiritually, instead of believing, instead of having faith. Because what do we say faith is again? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. So you can't go based on what you're seeing through your physical eye. You have to look at things through the spiritual realm. How are you able to do that? Through prayer. Through prayer. God will reveal things to you as you are spending. That's why we talked about quality time first, because God is saying the more quality time you spend with, spend with me, the more you're able to hear my voice, the more that your discernment will increase, the more that you're able to decipher which source it is coming from. You'll know all these things through quality time. And then you'll be able to receive that touch. Then you'll be able to receive everything that you need from me. Why? Because now you know my sheep know my voice. My sheep, yes, my mom said that is because they were paid mourners who knew how to turn the tears on and off. Great actors, yes, actors indeed. 
actors indeed and that's the thing we got actors around us we got people that that just smiling in our faces and they stabbing us in our back we got people that's, that's appearing to be supporting us and they not even it's and they you know they down in our dream behind us and saying listen i don't know why they you know why they still holding on and in front of us oh go sis you got it you got it actors pure actors gotta watch about the company that you're keeping around you my god then in then in 54 it says but jesus took hold in spite of the people still doubting him in spite of the people still laughing scornfully at jesus in spite of all of that verse 54 says but jesus took hold of her hand and spoke saying child arise child arise and her spirit returned and she got up immediately and he ordered that she be given something to eat oh my god my god jesus said in spite of all of that i'm still going to do it in spite of all of that why because jairus jairus was desperate jairus had faith and jesus made sure that Jairus remained focused. He said, don't listen to them. Don't look into them. Stay focused. Remember why you came to me in the first place. Stay focused. Stay focused. Oh, my God. My God. So that was the first example. So remember, we talked about Jairus, how Jesus healed, healed um, the daughter of Jairus, raised her from the dead. From the physical death, physical death. She was sleeping spiritually, but physically she was dead. But Jesus says spiritually she is sleeping. Spiritually she was sleeping. So all he had to do is said, and her spirit returned and she got up immediately. Her spirit returned to her physically. And she got up immediately. Whew. God breathed breath into her body once again. And said, and then and then showed the people, showed the people, my God. Verse 56 says her parents were great, greatly astonished by the miracle, but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. But we already know that they still went and spread the news to everybody. They couldn't hold their meal, they couldn't hold their wine, as some of the older folks say. They couldn't hold their wine. They had to go out there, even though it wasn't the right timing to spread the news. However, they were excited. So I can relate. I can understand, you know, something great happens, but we still have to be sure and make sure that we are not sharing news too prematurely. Because everybody's not going to be happy. As you can see, throughout that process, people were laughing. People were doubting. People were, you know, mocking them. Can't share every everything with everybody. All right, so let's go to the next example. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. The next example, Jesus healed the woman, the woman with the issue of blood. And for those of you that's just tuning in, we're talking about examples of just one touch for Jesus. And our subtopic tonight is just one touch. We're just getting a better understanding of what it's like when Jesus just touches you, when you just get one touch with him, when you're just um, believing God for something. And just that one touch will rejuvenate you. Just that one touch will give you hope, will give you faith again. Just that one touch will, will not even faith again will cause you to trust Jesus because 
Faith is about things you do not see, but trust is about things that you experience. And this is something just um, just a, a sidebar is that something that God has been working with me personally is that um, gave me a word through my spiritual uh, father uh, on Sunday. And God was just like, you got to get your faith. Basically, God was like, you got to get your faith game up. You got to increase your faith walk. And I was saying, and, and the thing is, sometimes we misconstrue trust and faith. They're one, they go hand in hand. However, this is what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me in my prayer time today. Because I was like, God, what do I need to do? Like, I, I'm not really understanding uh, what you mean by increasing my faith. I I, I trust you. I, I, I believe. I, I, and he's like, you trust me. But your trust is based on what you have already experienced. God said, your trust is based on what you have already experienced. So you trust me because you've seen certain things happen. But no, your faith is is is, is relative to something that I have not yet done for you yet. So yes, you trust me. Yes, you trust me. But I need you to have faith. I need you to have faith in the things that I have not yet manifested in your life. I need you to hold on to the promise. What have I promised you? What have God, what has God promised you? And you say, yes, Lord, I trust you. God is saying, that's wonderful. That's great. Yes. The word of God says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him of all of your ways and he will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yes, the word of God does say trust in him. However, that is based on your experience that you have already had with God. Your faith is about things that you have not yet received yet. This is what this is what the touch is about. Having receiving a touch from God and touching God is about your faith, not your trust, but about your faith. Do you have faith? Are you desperate enough to believe for the impossible? Are you desperate to believe the things that nobody else would believe for? Are you desperate, desperate to believe even when people are doubting? Are you desperate to believe even when people are mocking you? Are you desperate to believe even when people turn their back on you? Are you desperate to believe even when people abandon you and then say, listen, I'm done with you? Are you still going to be desperate? Are you still going to have faith? Even when it requires you to wait longer than you had had imagined you would have had to do. Are you still going to have faith? Or are you going to believe the naysayers? Are you going to allow those that are around you to cause you to forfeit your promise? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Are you going to allow the naysayers to cause you to forfeit your promise. Are you going to continue to hold on for just that one touch, just that touch from Jesus? That touch is that, that touch um, that Jesus is talking about, about that promise is about that, that thing that you've been believing God for, for years, the thing that you've been believing God to do, that touch, that's what Jesus is talking about. Having faith to believe, being desperate for it. How desperate are you? How desperate are you? Yes, your faith is in areas that you haven't seen yet. Trust is what you experienced already. Yes, absolutely. Let's get back to it. So going down to um, when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood. So now that we're going back to the story, we know, <coughs> we know that Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood as he was on the way to, to heal Jairus' daughter. 
he got interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood. This is why, this is why by the time he got finished with the woman of issue of blood, this is why that, that person came out and said, don't worry about the teacher. Don't worry about bothering the teacher no more. Why? Because your daughter is dead. Because it took time. It took time out from, um, from Jesus going to Jairus' house immediately. But there's a reason why, it's a reason why, because had Jesus, whew, had, thank you, Holy Spirit, had Jesus just went to Jairus' house immediately, Jairus' daughter wouldn't have been dead. Jairus' daughter wouldn't have been dead. She, she still would have been alive. She still wouldn't have been alive, but that's not the miracle that the people needed to see. The people didn't see people. People needed to see in that moment that oh, Jesus healed her from a cold, or oh, Jesus healed her from the flu. People didn't need to hear that, see that. People needed to see, and Jesus needed to prove that I am the only one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come into the Father by me, and I am the way. The same way, the same way that I raised Jairus' daughter from the dead is the same way that I'm going to be resurrected from the dead. Only I can do that. Oh, my God. Only I. Jesus said, only I can do that. That is what they needed to see, that he was the true Messiah. That he was the true Messiah. My God. So the woman of issue of blood was the miracle that was in between Jairus' daughter being healed. And we're going to have a connection with this in a second of the two. And it's like, I thought that was it's so powerful. Um, and I'm going to look up the number 12, the, um, the number 12, because... My God, because the, the daughter was 12 years old, right? And the woman with the issue of blood was waiting for 12 years. She was waiting for 12 years. My God. She was waiting for 12 years. She had a hemorrhage for 12 years until she received her healing. My God. So... And this particular book this is a book that I have, my dream dictionary book, the Divinity Code. This is just a powerful thing that I that I uh, got for the dreams course at Rivers of Life School of Ministry. But 12, 12 can either mean when you are dreaming, it either means perfect government or rule, divine organization, apostolic fullness, and literally. So the fact that the daughter was 12 years old and the woman, the woman with the issue of blood was waiting for 12 years, divine organization, apostolic fullness, everything had aura by sea. So just as long as this, this little girl was 12 years old. So the woman with the issue of blood was waiting as long as that, as da Jairus' daughter was alive. As long as Jairus' daughter was alive, that's as long as the woman with the issue of blood was waiting. My God, talk about, talk about divine, yes, sister, talk about divine order, divine order. Jesus is saying, listen, everything that God does is in decency and order. Everything God does is intentional. Everything God, nothing that God does is by accident. 
nothing, nothing that God does is by accident. Nothing. So Jesus had to establish divine order. So this is why those, this is why those two things, why the woman with the issue of blood had to interrupt and, and, and come in between the, the miracle of Jairus' daughter to establish divine order and say, okay, listen, I understand your daughter is 12 years old. I understand she's dying. But this woman with the issue of blood has been waiting as long as your daughter has been alive. She has been believing longer than you because Jairus' daughter was not sick for 12 years. She wasn't sick for 12 years. He might have been waiting like she was dying in that moment, but she wasn't waiting for 12 years. On the woman with the issue of blood was waiting for 12 years. Huh. My God. So Jesus is like, listen, all right, hold on. It, your time is coming. Your time is coming. However, I got this woman of God that's been waiting for, for longer than you have. And she, listen, I need to establish some things. So, verse 43, Luke 8, 43 says, And a woman who has suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and has spent all her money on physicians and could not be healed by anyone. My God, she spent all her money going to doctors, trying to find cures, trying to see, try out different medicines, trying to, you know, probably just going everywhere. And she did not get an answer. She did not get receive her healing. Nothing worked. Could you imagine spending all of your savings? Because she wasn't poor. She wasn't poor, but she, she was spending all of her money on these things, on trying to receive healing, on trying to receive some type of answer. Some type of answer. It's, and has spent anyone. Came up behind him and touched the fringe of his outer robe and immediately her bleeding stopped. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? He said, who touched me? Why did Jesus say that? Jesus, Jesus was walking. Let's go back. Verse 42. It says, but as Jesus went, as he was on the way to Jairus' door, Jairus' house, but as Jesus went, the people were crowding against him, almost crushing him. To paint the picture for you. There were so many people surrounding Jesus, trying to get Jesus to touch him, that they were literally almost crushing him. The disciples pushing people out of the way so they don't hurt Jesus, so they don't crush him. So Jesus is walking and Jesus focuses along the way. This woman, imagine pushing yourself, pushing past people, pushing past a crowd, a stampede of people. And finally you get through just one touch, pushing, pushing past all of these people just to just get a touch the hem of his garment. 
it said this particular version says came up behind him and touched the fringe of his outer robe a fringe you know what a fringe is just think about just a little piece of string like just those those little things like little strings that hang from a scarf those are fringes right imagine she just was able to touch just the string the fringe the fringe of jesus it says the fringe of jesus outer robe and just touching a piece of of string on his outer robe jesus stopped and said who touched me who touched me while they were all uh, while they all were denying it peter and those who were with him said master the people are crowding and pushing against you. But Jesus said, someone did touch me because I was aware that power to heal had gone out of me. Jesus like, I don't care what none of y'all talking about, my God. I don't care about none of that y'all talking about. I, he said, because listen, I know it's a crowd, but I know somebody touched me jesus said someone did touch me because i was aware that the power to heal had gone out of me this woman was so desperate because what did we say earlier in order to touch jesus you you need to have desperation and faith this woman was so desperate she she pushed past she pushed past this crowd, these people that were trying to crush the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, these people that were trying to get just a touch from Jesus, she got through with just touching a little string, a little fringe of Jesus out of robe. And Jesus said, the power, the power to heal came out of me. He said, the power to heal came out of me. Oh, my God. And he said that in 47, 847 of Luke, it says, when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came up trembling and fell down before him. When she realized that Jesus noticed that she touched him, she could not believe, she could not fathom the fact that, that she finally, finally, received that touch that she finally after years of spending her money after years of spending all of her finances of of investing in doctors and investing investing in different herbs and investing in all of these different uh, philosophies and in different um different um different ways of doing things as far as her healing and medical medical um theologies and all of these things my god she said finally Finally, my prayer has been answered. Finally, my healing has come. Finally, my dream has come to pass. Finally, Jesus has seen me, the Messiah, the healer, the one who heals. Finally, I have been noticed. Because you can imagine years of praying. Could you imagine feeling like, feeling like, What's the use of praying anymore? Jesus, did you forget about me? Jesus, do you still hear my cry? Jesus, do you still know who I am? Do you know my name, Jesus? 
Have you not heard my cry? Have you not seen my tears? Have you not seen the money that I have sold into the house of the Lord? Have you not seen that I've been faithful? Have you not seen that I have been speaking your word? Have you not seen the different things that I have done in your name? Jesus, have you not seen those things? And yet and still, I'm still believing for my healing. Yet and still, I'm still believing for my family members to be saved. Yet and still, I'm still believing for that business to come to pass. Yet and still, I'm still believing for me to get my degree yet and still I'm believing for all these things have you forgotten me have you forgotten me and in that moment just that one moment that one touch of that little fringe on that Jesus outer garment That's all she needed. Why did the women of issue of blood receive her healing? Because she was resilient. Because she did not give up. She did not give up. This woman waited for 12 years. She bled uncontrollably. Says so she had a hemorrhage. Hemorrhage is talking about bleeding un uncontrollably, like nonstop. Imagine women, listen, if you're a man, listen, it is what it is. Imagine having your period nonstop. And not just having your period, be a, being on a heavy cycle for 12 years, nonstop. Using certain, you know, it is what it is, using whatever you can, pads, tampons, using whatever you can to try to stop this blood, using tissues, using towels, using whatever you could and constantly bleeding out of your clothes, constantly have to buy new clothes because you're bleeding on every single thing, buying new sheets, buying everything. I mean, probably she didn't just spend money on, you know, on medicine and, and on, you know, trying to find out what's going on. She spent money on clothes. She spent money on, on probably carpet. She probably spent money on sheets. She spent money on all of these things because she was bleeding uncontrollably. It could not be stopped. They could not find the answer. Just that one touch, my God. One touch from God. Why? Because she was desperate and she believed. She had faith. Crazy faith. She pushed past. He said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, my God, I can touch, touch it. Maybe I'll be recognized. If I can just touch it, maybe he'll remember who I am. If I can just touch him, maybe, maybe this time, maybe this time my prayer will be answered. Maybe this time I will get a yes. Maybe this time. People will stop talking about me. Maybe this time, my God. Jesus, yes, my sister said she was isolated too because back within when your cycle was on, you had my God. Yes, sissy. And she was isolated, separated from everyone. So she risked 
going out into crowds and people not even wanting her to touch them. People not even wanting to be near her. She didn't care about none of that. She didn't care about none of that. She said, I don't care if people talk about me. I don't care if they point at me. I don't care what they do to me. I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to my savior. I got to get to the healer. Because nobody can give me the answer. Nobody else could give me the answer. So let me try Jesus. I tried everything else, but let me try Jesus. I heard about him. The new, I mean, news is spreading across all the land. Let me try Jesus. I'm desperate. I have faith in knowing that Jesus can do it. Glory. I have more, but I feel the Holy Spirit um, causing me to stop here and just to, to pray right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray God for each and every person that God is listening right now in the name of Jesus. Every single person right now, God. Those that have been waiting those that have been desperate for you, those that have been seeking you, God, for miracles, signs, and wonders, those that have been seeking you, Father, for years, loved ones that have been praying for them to be saved, loved ones that have been praying for them to rededicate their life. I know for me, I'm still waiting. And if my dad is listening, Daddy, I love you. And it's time to rededicate your life back to Jesus Christ. It's time. Let go of the hurt. Let go of the pain. Let it go. It's time to come back. And those of you that's waiting for your loved one to come back to Jesus, those of you cry out, call out their name. Call out their name right now. Continue to believe. Don't let it go. Do not let it go. You, if you knew how long I've been praying for my dad, 20 years, 20 plus years I've been praying and I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it go. Talk about faith. Talk about holding on. Talk about being desperate. Don't you dare allow yourself to be, to be phased by time. To be phased by time. God doesn't care about time. He created time for us. Do not let it go. If God promised it to you, you hold on to it until you see it come to pass. Hold on. What did God say? God's promises are yes and amen. He's not a man that could ever lie. But if it doesn't come to pass, that's because you let it go. That's because you let it go. That's because you doubt it. That's because you didn't want to persevere. You got to hold on. You're almost there. I know it seems like it's not going to happen, but trust and believe. If God said it, and if you believe, it will come to pass. It will. God is a promise keeper. He is a promise keeper. Don't let, don't let it go. 
Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to it. Hold on. Don't let it go. Yes, sissy. Yes, Laura. Don't let it go. There's always hope. My God, thank you, Holy Spirit, that it will come to pass. Whatever they believe in you for, give them the strength right now. The strength got to hold on. The strength got to push. The strength that Father got to remain faithful. The strength, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for every testimony that will take place that Father God, for them believing, for them, God, believing, God, and being desperate, God, for a touch from you. Thank you, God, for every loved one to be saved, for every person that will receive their healing, for every person that will receive the deliverance in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for every business opening. I thank you, God, for, for um, debt cancellation. I thank you, God, for everything that they're believing. Let it be done in your mighty name, Jesus. We thank you for being a promise keeper. We thank you for being a way maker. We thank you, dear Father God, that what you said will come to pass. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we give you praise in advance as, all, as if it is already done, God. We give you thanks right now in the name of Jesus. God, we praise you. We thank you, dear Father God, that it is already done. We declare and decree it right now in the name of Jesus that every promise, dear Father God, is being manifested right now. And we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Praise confuses the enemy. Praise confuses the enemy. So God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. God, we lift you up, God, because you are a healer. It's already done. It's already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If y'all want to hear on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, give God praise. Hallelujah. Start thanking God because it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. This is a part of God's love language. He wants to touch, but he doesn't want us to just to touch him. He doesn't want to just reach out and touch us. He wants us to reach out to him. He wants to see how desperate we are for him. How desperate are we for him? Just one touch from God is all we need. Just one. Just one. My God. Woo! Just one. My God. There's more, but we're going to continue it. We want to finish this particular just one touch uh, portion next week. But this particular, and God was just leading me and just dealing with me with the woman of issue of blood and Jairus' daughter so strongly today and I gotta pray that everybody was encouraged and uplifted and that you continue to hold on whatever God is giving you it's already done it's already done before I go I do want to offer offer the gift of salvation for those of you that have been watching this podcast or maybe you are listening and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you have tried everything, just like the woman with the issue of blood. She tried everyone. She tried everything. And she did not get an answer. Nobody can do it. But when she touched Jesus, when she reached out to Jesus, 
She received the answer that she needed. She received the answer that she needed. So maybe you've been looking for healing. Maybe you've been searching for acceptance. Maybe you've been searching for love. Maybe you've been searching for peace and you have yet to receive it. I'm here to tell you that your answer is in Jesus Christ. Your answer is in Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody will go into the Father who is God. Nobody will go into the Father but through Jesus. So I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me. Try Jesus. I promise you. I promise you, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that it's, that it's going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. So say this prayer of salvation with me. Hey, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. And Jesus, I need you in my life. I have done so many things that is wrong in your sight. And Jesus, I repent for everything that I've done wrong. I ask that you forgive me, that you wash me and make me whole right now. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me, just for me, for my sins, for the redemption of my sins. You were buried and you rose on the third day so that I can have life eternally. What kind of love is that? Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. And because of that, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And I will serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, if you declared that you believe, and you said it out your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are now saved. You are now saved. Welcome to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 To God be the glory. Hallelujah. One last call for those of you that have had a relationship with Jesus at some point in your life. Doesn't matter how long you have not been in fellowship or not been in covenant with Jesus. If you're watching now, or if you're listening now, this is your moment. This is your time to come back to him. This is your time. Jesus is waiting for you with open arms. He said, it's not too late. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter what you said. Doesn't matter who you hurt. If you repent right now, and if you re rededicate your life, Jesus will wipe the slate clean. My God, wipe, God will forgive you and your slate will be clean. And you'll be able to start anew. So say this prayer rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for turning my back on you. I tried to do this thing by myself. And I failed. Jesus, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I need you back into my life. Come back into my heart and be my Lord and Savior once again. Renew me, wash me again, 
make me whole once again. I already know who you are. So Jesus, I thank you for giving me another chance to get it right, to get back under the grace of God. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything that you did for me because of you, because of you dying for me, because of you saving me. I can have life eternally. So Jesus, I surrender to you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 If you pray that prayer, a rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, guess what? The slate is wiped clean for you. You have a fresh start. And I encourage you to forgive yourself because the enemy will convince you when thinking that everything that you've done in your past, he would try to hold that, hold that over your head. But forgive yourself. Why? Because God has already forgiven you. Be encouraged and be uplifted in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, guys. So once again, I thank you guys for tuning in for another live segment of Imperfectly Perfect Live. I pray that you continue to be encouraged and be uplifted. Continue to allow God to just pour out his love upon you. And then you in return pour out your love upon him because that's what it's all about. That we um, reciprocate the love that God continually gives us. So I love you guys. Make sure you follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on Facebook at I Am Imperfectly Perfect Inc. On, on Instagram at I underscore am imperfectly perfect and on Instagram and listen to all um, our podcast platforms, whatever is your favorite, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whichever you choose, make sure you take a listen, make sure you share, like it, subscribe, do all of those things. I love you guys so much. Continue to continue. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Continue to keep me in prayer because this knowledge, this this word and this revelation that God has given me, warfare is real. So make sure you keep me covered in prayer. I love you guys. I thank you so much for your support and constantly just, you know, just your support is just enough. And it's not about, about the number of people. It's just even having the few is enough. So thank you guys again. I see you guys next time. And next time on a perfectly pop, perfect, perfect live. I see you guys next week. Have a good night. Bye.